This episode of Fresh Ed is sponsored by the Comparative and International Education Society. On October 26th and 27th, the Society's second symposium will take place at George Mason University, where the theme will be Interrogating and Innovating Comparative and International Education Research. Today's guest on Fresh Ed will be a speaker at the symposium. If you would like to join us just outside Washington, D.C. this fall, you can find more details at freshedpodcast.com backslash 2017 symposium. Again, that is freshedpodcast.com backslash 2017 symposium. Enjoy the podcast and hope to see you at the symposium in October. This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas in educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. Today, we look inside an example of destabilizing knowledge hierarchies inside an American university. With me is Patricia Parker. Patricia helped set up the Graduate Certificate in Participatory Research at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. The Graduate Certificate reveals the paradoxes of challenging dominant forms of knowledge inside one of the very sites responsible for reproducing colonial knowledge structures. There's a long tradition in the histories, I think, of the universities, of um, the academy. It might be considered the site for the production and reproduction of particular discourses that keep colonial structures in place. And these colonial structures are meant to maintain what has been referred to as um, Euro-American hegemonies at the level of thinking and also in, in the larger world. Patricia Parker is chair of the Department of Communication at the University of North Carolina, where she is also the director of the Graduate Certificate in Participatory Research. Patricia Parker, welcome to Fresh Ed. Thank you so much for having me. So what exactly is participatory research? Well, there are different ways of, of thinking about and defining participatory research in the literature, but from the perspective of the Graduate Certificate in Participatory Research at UNC Chapel Hill, we understand participatory research as research that's carried out from the inception of what the research is about, the research questions, the implementation of the research or the dissemination of, of the research products, um, we understand um, that to be done in partnership with communities. And that way of thinking about research can be contrasted with more traditional ways of thinking about research, for example, on communities, um, or even distinguished from research in communities. Um, and that, those distinctions um, were laid out in a, a wonderful research um, article um, by Wallerstein, if your listeners want to follow up on some of the, the um, uh, resources. So research with communities as opposed to on or in communities. So what is the Graduate's Certificate in Participatory Research at the University of North Carolina? The Graduate Certificate in Participatory Research at UNC is um, a certificate that is intended for graduate students who are seeking training um, in participatory research methods. It is um, a fairly new certificate that um, was founded by a collective of faculty, 
students and administrators that was meant to respond to a particular need for that. And what was the need? Well, the need was to create really a learning community for graduate students who, for whatever reason, and I would like to talk more about those reasons, uh, find themselves um, questioning whether or not using participatory methodologies, in particular the way that we um, in terms of the way the certificate is structured, find themselves questioning whether or not using those methods are consistent with disciplinary standards or perspectives. Um, and so we wanted to provide that space where students could ask questions about doing research in equitable partnership with people in communities. I mean, that's really at the foundation of, of what this is about, that oftentimes in the academy, there are different ways of thinking about how knowledge is produced and um, what counts as knowledge, who counts as researchers in terms of, of um, producing knowledge. And so those of us who are in research universities who are, or in the academy in, in general, who are doing research that we believe um, is transforming these notions of, um, quite frankly, that come from sort of a colonizing, thinking of the academy as a colonizing space, these transforming these notions that people in communities do not have expertise that can shape the way that knowledge is being produced. And so the certificate was, was intended for graduate students who intended to do that kind of research and to have the support to do it. So why did all of these students and faculty think the academy is a colonizing space? Well, <laughs> we're, we're not the first to, to think that. I mean, there's a long tradition in the histories, I think, of, of the universities, of, of um, the academy, as perhaps, in, in the words of um, uh, Carol Boyce Davies, who's written quite a bit about this, you know, that it might be considered the most colonized space. Um, and by that, it's meant that it is a site for the production and reproduction of particular discourses that keep colonial structures in place. Um, and these colonial structures are meant to maintain what has been referred to as um, Euro-American hegemonies um, at the level of thinking and also in, in the larger world. So this translates into, you know, the very idea of who belongs in the academy, who is, um, who has access to particular ways of, of shaping thought. And these kinds of, um, when I, you know, speak about the discourses that ha have produced and maintained these, you know, these structures, they are manifest in terms of looking at the diversity or the lack of that uh, among the, uh, among faculty across the United States. And this probably, I, I can, I'm speaking in that context, but it can apply, I, I think, in other contexts that there are, um, that um, the faculty of, of, of color, for example, coming from backgrounds in the U.S. context in terms of um, African-American, um, Latinx, um, Native American, different uh, backgrounds of uh, histories that have basically been marginalized in the academy. And those are, that's manifest in terms of 
just in terms of the embodied embodiment of those experiences um, in the academy. It's amazing to think that this certificate program that you helped establish that was trying to counter some of the colonizing spaces in the academy was actually taken up by the academy. I mean, so was it difficult to get this program actually up and running and agreed to by all of the different people in in UNC that might not have realized um, the value of this sort of program? Well, I, you know, I think that's one of the uh, paradoxes of the academy, that while it is, you know, the, the academy can be, you know, sort of the site of, of colonizing discourses that are, you know, sort of maintaining these structures, it also has been, um, you know, this sort of site for transformation and for transforming um, thinking. Um, and so I think that was the case in, you know, so in terms of, of the founding of this certificate, um, Dottie Holland, who, Dorothy Holland, who was um, a, a professor in the Department of, of Anthropology, um, and Jeannie Ng, who um, is a professor in the School of Public Health. So two different um, entities on campus, you know, the College of Arts and Sciences, which is sort of the heart of, of the university campus, and then the professional schools, in this case, the uh, Gilling School of Public Health, two um, professors who had themselves um, been engaged with students who want to do this kind of work, and, and, and then they encountered other faculty on campus and students who were starting to say, hey, we're trying to do this work, and let's support, we have some support in this department, maybe less support in another department. And so with, through their insight from that experience, they convened a seminar that became a, you know, sort of um, within the, you know, this is the way that knowledge is produced in the academy, right? That you convene um, intellectual spaces for this deep engagement with these questions. And um, I was a part of that, um, that original seminar, a couple of my other colleagues and others, there are um, several from across campus who were involved in that conversation. And so I, I, I'd say that that was the spark that um, started to, you know, so, well, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but sort of planted the seed for, um, for creating uh, this conversation on campus. The other, I think, really important contextual element that I can mention here is that this was also a time, this was in um, the early 2000s, so this was also a time when there was, um, you know, there was an important conversation happening across university campuses about engagement. Uh, the Boyer Report um, had influenced um, a lot of that conversation, for people who don't know, Ernest Boyer, the um, former president of, Car of the Carnegie Foundation, had written an important uh, piece that talked about universities having a responsibility, really, right? Many that were situated in high areas of poverty and, and um, many other, you know, sort of social, uh, socially situated challenges, that the university has a responsibility to engage um, with um, the pressing um, issues and problems um, of our contemporary society. And so our university had been a part of that. We, we joined a consortium of other universities um, that um, formed the Campus Compact that created this opportunity for 
an intentional commitment to that kind of effort to engage with communities. Um, and that meant creating the infrastructure, that this was a part of the Campus Compact, um, creating the infrastructure that would lead to this, this change. And so building on that, um, you know, uh, Professor um, Eugenia Ng and, and uh, Professor Dorothy Holland built on that momentum. There was one other element I want to mention, and that is the um, School of Public Health, uh, which had really pioneered a, a, um, a great deal of, of um, um, knowledge with regard to community-based participatory research. And so we, we drew on all of those traditions that were already, you know, sort of the seeds of this work in the, in the university and brought that together to start this conversation. And so from that seminar, we started the process of creating a certificate and we formed an advisory board. There were community members who were involved in this. Um, that was a, a very important part of the process that we wanted to model the very, we wanted to model the very process and praxis, uh, which is to say research and, and, and prax, practice and reflection and action um, as we develop this. We wanted to model that in the in the development, and so community members were involved in that as that process as well. Um, and so the certificate was approved in 2013. Um, this is actually we're going into the the, the fourth year um, of the certificate. So if I were a student today, what what would this program look like? What would, what would I be doing? What classes would I be taking? What would the experience be like? Well, that's a great question. I mean, it's um, this is we like to say that this is not um, the traditional certificate. Uh, usually, um, certificates develop out of some sort of disciplinary or interdisciplinary uh, need, and you gather some courses and students take them, and, and they get sort of specific, um, you know, sort of knowledge and training in a particular area. Uh, so this certificate provides that, but it is also so much more. So. Um, there are a few elements that I want to talk about, and this is one of the things that we'll be, I'll be talking about at the conference, the, um, the symposium. So um, one of the things that this symposium is, you know, asks us to think about is how do we intend to interrogate the legitimization of knowledge in scholarship, funding, and evidence-based practices in comparative and international education? And so um, one of the, the central questions that the panel that I'm, for which I'm participating on, uh, that we're asked to um, engage with is, what ways can research and practice destabilize and transform knowledge hierarchies? And so now I mention that because one of the main requirements of the certificate is a core course that is called Decolonizing Methodologies. And the main intent of that course um, is to do just, you know, what is called for in, in, in our panel, right, in terms of thinking about destabilizing, you know, those discourses that have maintained a particular structure uh, within the academy in terms of how knowledge is produced and which knowledges are, are uh, deemed um, legitimate. So there, the students who are um, completing the requirements for the graduate certificate in participatory research at UNC Chapel Hill are required to take that decolonizing methodologies course. 
they are also required to take an intro course, an introductory course, which um, is uh, a one-hour course that introduces them to the certificate. It also, we have uh, a number of speakers, um, whether they're uh, graduate students who are doing participatory research, all faculty members or community experts um, who are, so that they get a feel for that, you know, that this is doable, <laughs> that there are graduate students who are doing participatory research and getting their PhDs and going on to have careers. Um, so there are two, those are the two required courses. And then there are elective courses that the students are required to take. Um, and these courses would provide additional exposure to participatory methods and they can be across uh, uh, di disciplines. And part of my role as director of the, of the certificate um, is to work with our board to, and our board members are come from across the university from um, several disciplines who are interested in this certificate and have uh, courses that fit in um, to sort of manage that up the range of courses that students have um, to choose from. So um, there are a number of elective courses. And then another requirement is um, that they uh, complete a practicum and um, a supervised hands-on experience with participatory research. And again, this is something that can be with their current advisor. Oftentimes it's not. I think that's one of the needs that we were addressing is that while there may be departments that support um, participatory research methodologies and working in equitable partnership with communities, there may not be people with that expertise in that uh, particular department um, at that time. Or, um, and so we work with students to find research supervisors to work with them. And then another uh, requirement is that the students uh, participate in at least two workshops uh, on some facet of participatory research. Um, and we have several centers on campus, the, the um, Carolina Center for Public Service, the Center for Health Promotion and Disease Prevention, um, the Stone Center for Black Culture, uh, Black History and Culture. Um, so several opportunities and also in departments. I have a, uh, through my research, I have a nonprofit organization, the Ella Baker Women's Center, that um, uh, provides opportunities for students to get uh, workshops if they're interested in the, the kind of, of uh, praxis that we are doing. So those are the main requirements. And I mentioned that this is a, a bit different from other, other certificates because we also require, or we have the opportunity for students to, um, to get seed grants. We recognize that if you're doing research for your dissertation that involves uh, working closely with people in communities as community experts, um, sometimes you <laughs> need time to cultivate those relationships. And so we offer seed grants like summer, for summer research so that students can have an opportunity to, to do that, that kind of cultivation. We also, the community co-director, um, uh, Melvin Jackson, who um, is, runs our community expert initiative, provides opportunities for students to really start to think about what does it mean to engage with people in communities as experts and, and producers of knowledge alongside them in the academy. So that's, that's sort of an overview of, of the requirements, but also I believe I've given you a, a, an idea about how we are a bit different in terms of 
traditionally how we think about certificates. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, since 2013, have you seen anything to suggest that the intent of destabilizing these knowledge hierarchies in the academy has actually been successful? Well, I, I would hesitate to use the term successful uh, because that's not really, um, you know, we don't have sort of a, a teleological <laughs> sort of aim here. I mean, it really is this process of creating spaces where this kind of work is possible. And then it's, it's almost like we sort of put it out there and then it becomes, it starts to transform on its own. And so um, if I were to talk about success, I would talk only in the, to the extent of creating more and more spaces where people are having the opportunity to offer and take workshops um, for, for graduate students are engaging with, you know, you know, we've increased the opportunity for them to connect with uh, a cadre of faculty across campus who are not only available to them in terms of as role models, but also to work directly with them. We create those opportunities through the seed grant initiatives, um, through coming to our classes, you know, just exposing them to people who are doing the kind of participatory research that the certificate is is advancing and that is to say recognizing that um, research can be done in equitable partnership with people in communities so it's it's sort of like um, it's it's a kind of a faith you know it's um in terms of um trusting the process of transformation um and i believe it's it's related to an earlier question you asked about you know, in the in a very in in the very academy that you're claiming is colonizing, how would you expect? You know, what kind of resistance? And I I I would dare to say that the resistance, if if there is resistance, is just you know, sort of the unknown, the untested, the and believe me, I know how that can can um, cause pause to a graduate student who's here. You know, with a limited amount of funding, a limited amount of time, and they're here on the one hand are tried and true methodologies that people who are in the power structure are saying do this and and trust and and, and just go. And then here is this opportunity. Oftentimes, this is a scenario that I'm I'm creating here that, that I'm recounting here that is coming from people who are coming from marginalized populations, Native American backgrounds or uh, histories or African American or um, Latinx, um, and these are from their own experiences. They have come to the academy with questions. The um, indigenous scholar um, Linda Tawai Smith has written about this in her book, Decolonizing Methodologies. That often, for people who come into the academy with these indigenous histories, um, there are questions, and there are perhaps even expectations from our communities that we emerge from. Uh, you know, for, for me as an African-American woman born in the South, working in a, 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 um, a university that's entrenched in a histories that are uh, infused with, with a racist past, these are questions that are at the top of mind for me in terms of what does it mean to, to create these anti-racist structures and spaces uh, and, to, and to confront those anti-racist claims and to create um, new knowledge that 
advances social justice and more equitable um, spaces and, and, um, and a more equitable and just world. And this certificate program allows you and other students to kind of wade through that history and complexity that you're talking about, but having this unknown future because you don't know what will be produced through that process. Yes, that's exactly right. Providing that opportunity to ask the questions that are coming, emerging from, from their experiences and from the histories um, and, and not being told that, that they're not legitimate questions, um, not being told that these are questions that, um, are not, that don't belong in the academy. That's what the certificate does. It creates a space that legitimizes um, the experiences of people uh, who are coming from traditions that are steeped in those histories. And I would imagine that the bureaucracies inside the university, you know, it's very hard for bureaucracies to also embrace the unknown, right? Like there's lots of structures in place that need to know exactly the outcome of this particular process or procedure. And so I, I would imagine that this embracing the unknown can be really challenging for the bureaucracies that exist inside UNC or any institution for that matter. Yes, that's correct. And one of the ways that this has been manifest in, this, in the certificate, um, yes, relates to embracing the unknown in terms of production of knowledge, but more fundamentally, it relates to what does it look like in terms of um, you know, providing um, funding for students in terms of, of getting seed grants to, to work with communities. Um, how, how do we, you know, so, so in terms of just funding a certificate, the certificates usually are not funded. You, you just identify the, the courses that are in the curriculum that, um, that need to be taught. So just searching for funding, and, and we've been very fortunate that we've gotten funding from the uh, School of Public Health. We also um, received generous funding from the College of Arts and Sciences, where the bulk of the students, I believe, are are coming. So that's that's one of the sort of the the structures, you know, bureaucratic structures that we've had to, you know, contend with in terms of just thinking about what gets funded and so forth. The other uh, other aspects of that um, come into play when we start to think about, you know, sort of the getting IRB approval, uh, that's sort of at the baseline of, you know, the institutional review boards that, that give the, you know, sort of the, the, the green light for research. But again, I think we were fortunate because of the groundwork that the School of Public Health had done because they had had this long tradition on our campus of establishing community-based research. And so that was one of the institutional structures, thankfully, that we did not have to contend with that was already, that groundwork was, was laid. Uh, so our uh, institutional review boards take into account um, the kind of um, um, applications that our students will, will bring. The other thing that I've, that uh, has come up in terms of structure is the fact that this is a very interdisciplinary certificate and it happens to be one of the values on this campus right now in the College of Arts and Sciences in particular to value interdisciplinary research, uh, teaching, and, and service. And, and the reason for that value is that problems are often interdisciplinary and so a lot of, of the university um, and, and the College of Arts and Sciences um, um, 
the administrators have, have really um, placed a value on interdisciplinary initiatives. However, at the department level, it becomes tricky because, you know, one of the things that we um, are advancing is that our core course, Decolonizing Methodologies, doesn't belong to any one department. It's a, it's a course that can be taught um, in any department, and it's always called, we're adamant that it's called Decolonizing Methodologies, no matter who the co-teachers are. And this is a, a class that's taught by two uh, instructors from different disciplines. It's part of the structure of the course. And that, <laughs> we've had the hardest time just um, trying to, uh, there is no entity, there's no, in other words, there is no structure on campus that helps us to make that easy. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that's one of the things. The, the university really has to be retrofitted um, for the kinds of initiatives and, and uh, the ways that we're, we're teaching this, uh, the course and the um, administering the certificate. Well, it's, it's just such a fascinating look inside a very clear example of how kind of destabilizing these knowledge hierarchies in the academy is, is working and is, you know, is, is progressing and it, the challenges that it faces. And, and so it's just, it's so wonderful to, to see that the program, um, has maybe been institutionalized within UNC or is, you know, is, is actually being um, valued by faculty and students. And so it's just such a great effort. And uh, I, I commend you for the work that you've done with your um, other faculty and other students and, and community members. So Patricia Parker, thank you so much for joining Freshhead. It really was wonderful to learn and speak today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Patricia Parker is chair of the Department of Communication at the University of North Carolina and is currently finishing a book entitled Living Ella Baker's Legacy, which documents a multi-year participatory research study with African-American girls in under-resourced communities leading social justice activist campaigns. Please note that opinions expressed on Fresh Ed are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate us on iTunes. It really does help. Fresh Ed is made possible through listener donations. Please consider becoming a member of Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com support. Fresh Ed's producers are Sherry Yang, Yuval Devere, and Hong Zung. Aggie Hu is Fresh Ed's social media coordinator, and original music for Fresh Ed was created by Digital Primate. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll see you next week.